This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The Morning Show Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2 are over, but here on Post Show Recaps, we are just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm joined by someone I've been trying to silence, but I don't think he'll let me. It's Ariel. Ariel, how are you doing? What's up? It's the morning. It's always the morning. Like Always this, the morning. It's so weird that this show only takes place in the morning. Like, I've never seen a nighttime shot on the show. It is never. It's never. It's always like 3.30. No, it is dark because we wake up at 3.30. <laughs> I don't know if you know. 3.30 a.m. I, I woke up to record this. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. We're always getting up at 3.30 a.m. to record this podcast. Yeah. The Morning Show, season three, is here. Uh, dropped uh, the first two episodes today. As If you're listening to this, the day it came out. This is great. Make sure you subscribe. PostureCups.com slash morning show. Uh, that would be very much appreciated because ariel this is the first time we're covering the morning show on post show recap so people should subscribe um rate and review five stars only please um not really but really um <laughs> and uh yeah so that more people can check out our coverage of post recaps is very helpful as we launch this new feed so post slash morning show um ariel, i'm so excited to cover the news with you 
I am so excited. There are so many stories of the day that we can get to. Uh, particularly this season. It's it's so wonderful. This show, I just remember it's crazy thinking back to like this show launched Apple TV Plus, basically. Yeah. Like when it first came out, it was this and I think one other show. Yeah. C maybe with Jason Momoa, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh yes. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, I didn't watch it. That's it. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. See, I didn't watch that. Uh, but, and at the time it was like, that's nothing to launch a, a, a service off of. But, you know, of course, history has proven them correct in the, the way they're curating their, for the most part, the way they're curating their uh, their shows. Oh, yeah. and We're also and in the Apple TV it. feed. Uh, because Apple TV has a tremendous sleuth of, of television shows that are great, and we cover many of them. So pushrecaps.com slash Apple, uh, or Apple Feet, I believe. So check that out as well. I love yeah. that. I apples. Know. We love apples. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I actually was allergic. Great to way to start today. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but I grew out of it because I'm an adult, yeah. and now it's time to it's time to cover the news. Yeah. So this show, based on a on a book, I believe, a nonfiction book um top of the morning um which we should have named our podcast top of the morning and then only mm -hmm. talked in british accents yeah inside yeah. the cutthroat world of morning tv um, written by brian stelter who yeah. used to work for cnn and had a very brief cameo i believe it was season two on the show yeah. it was like a talking head on the oh yeah on the uh on the morning show segment um this show covers basically the world of the morning show and uba at, at large um mostly with jennifer aniston as alex levy eventually reese witherspoon is i mean eventually she'll become a host of the morning show um, but she's bradley jackson great name by the way um billy crudup the ceo of uba although i believe in season one he's the head of news uh i believe mm -hmm. um yeah, and yeah he originally has the job that stello has in season two and three Right. Um, and sort of this wild world. We were sort of talking before we started in terms of like describing the show, how our thoughts on the show. This is one that I do think the cast really did, you know, when it first came out, that was what got me. It was like, oh, Jennifer Aniston back on TV um, as, as Alex Levy. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a stellar cast. I mean, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Billy Crudup, um, Steve Carell in seasons one and two. And I feel like as I watched it, I definitely feel like it gives me the vibes of old school network TV. And I don't mean like the show. I mean, like the way that the show is produced. It's like, here's the setting of these two women who are going to be the hosts of the morning show. But every conceivable thing that could go wrong and create drama on a TV show happens on the show i was comparing it ariel before to a bit of gray's anatomy it's like how many things can happen at this one hospital and i'm feeling like this as we get into season three i do like the show i think it's very very fun um but so many things happen at the morning show and at uba uh -huh. in a similar way i think to like some of the network t like er and gray's Anatomy and all of these like um uh, network tv shows that used to grace our tvs yes grace used to grace oh, yeah. our tv screens i I agree for the most part. Like I have always thought of the show as like this weird hybrid of like a net of like an old school network yeah. TV show, but it looks super expensive. That's an Apple TV stable. Right it could there. be right. And it <laughs> could, and it is, it's obviously a streaming show and it just looks and at times performs like a, 
like a streaming show in quotes, whatever that means. Uh, I mean, it means a lot of different things. And then, but just that air of, of, of broadcast TV, which to, to be clear, I say is like a positive. It's such Me a too. fascinating, it's such a yeah. fascinating like mishmash. And like even the opening credits, which are so fun. <laughs> like in the beginning, <laughs> I was like, do I hate yeah. this? When I first started watching it, and then it becomes immediately clear that like, you don't hate it. I don't uh, hate it. I love it. That you yeah. love Well, that at least that I loved it. And yeah. it's even that in and of itself. Is it's like, it's, it's old school <laughs> because it, it's allowed to like be on for as long as it wants. Yes. And it looks really cool. But there's just something about it again that feels that feels uh, uh, broadcast network TV, which is hilarious because it takes, you know, this company UBA that they work at yeah. is like a channel. It becomes right. a, I mean, it's really a company uh, that runs the network. And then, of course, that bleeds into like UBA plus the app and, you know, art imitates life and all that stuff with like CNN plus that had that had come out, although in real life, CNN plus like. I think got canceled within the first month of because of new leadership got canceled within, within yeah. the first month of, of when I come out. But um, yeah, the Grey's Anatomy comp I think is, is goes in line with what, what I was just saying. And certainly some of the more blatantly emotionally manipulative parts, whether it's through the music or through the storyline, just really, really heavy handed on how you should feel and how the characters feel. But like that stuff is fun. It's, it's hyper realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So season one, to give a little bit of like, you know, where we are, we presume you've watched the first two episodes of season three. Um, but just just for ourselves and for anybody who's who's just jumping in, um, season one mostly centers around the firing of Mitch Kessler, uh, a, a Me Too movement. Um, a moment happens as he has had uh, sexual misconduct with um, many other employees at um at UBA, um, uh, he has sort of a consensual relationship with Mia, who remains on the show to this point. Mia Jordan, played by Karen Pittman, Mitch Kessler, played by Steve Carell. Um, but there's this moment with—is her name Hannah? I believe her name is uh, Hannah. Yeah, um, who th the way that the show, I think, the way that I think it's fun, which is maybe sounds weird, is the way they do take. They're they're always kind of a year ahead uh, of basically um, sort of where we currently are so i believe season three starts in 2022 i believe i, I think bradley jackson gets her award and it says 2022 mm -hmm. um yeah so like like two years i think between two and three yeah so season one the moment that like the worst thing that mitch kessler probably does which is um uh, basically get this girl promoted and then immediately try to like basically say like you owe me this uh i got you the promotion you have to have sex with me. Um, this um, a booking agent, uh, Hannah, um, happens with the backdrop of like the Las Vegas shooting, um, right? They like go that's to Las Vegas, right? Ve yeah. right? It's literally yeah. that night. Oh God, yeah, yeah that's right. right. So they, they use these like moments that would make sense because the news are covering. There's a wildfire story in season one, um, right? So that one's on flashback. Basically, Mitch gets fired. Alex was on the verge of potentially being fired. Her engagement numbers are down. They maybe want to make a, a change, uh, but then they kind of can't. She publicly chooses Bradley, um, who is kind of being like touted by Corey Ellison, played by Billy Crudup, as like the replacement um, anyway. But then she like sort of like publicly does it because she wanted like host rights. And yeah, yeah. she does a power play where she's like, yeah. my new co-host. And then when it's announced in public as 
a lot of people know, like it's kind of hard to take that back. I love on the show, I think underrated, I think she's going to have a big role in season three, but is Sybil, um, who's um, played Holland Taylor, who I only know from uh, two and a half men, not only know, but like my biggest thing is we watch a lot of two and a half men in my house growing (laughs) growing up. I know, embarrassing. That's hilarious. But that's fine. Uh, She was like the mom from Uh two and a half men. Um, But I love that they keep having to go to, like everybody comes to her with the worst news. And she's so, she's like an angry grandma who runs Uh this network who's like, why did you let that happen (laughs) every every day? Anything else from season one? I mean, that's re- the, the obviously culminating in Hannah. Um, they're going to run an interview with Mitch. Mitch wants Bradley to do the interview. Hannah commits suicide. Well, she has a drug overdose. Um, basically, the night before they're about to do it, sort of like ending it, Alex and uh, Bradley publicly shame Fred for covering up everything. There's also Chip, played by Mark Duplass, who's like an executive producer, who I think just mostly plays stressed. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing very stressed, uh, and he's very uh, close to to Alex. Uh, not romantically, but um, you know they have a very close, close and old working relationship together. Yeah, season one. I think the the big highlights for me were like Billy Crudup, like yeah. absolute lightning in a bottle. Like they the gave him another show played. off the basis of this, right? On Apple TV, doesn't he have a? Is it the Edge of Tomorrow or something? I think. Anyway, sorry something yeah um he just the way he delivers some of his lines even when the line isn't that good there's something about the way he delivers it and his energy and like there's something a little bit manic a little bit uh just like always always oh in season three Sybil Sybil says to him oh you're always you're just always spinning yeah uh and and it works both ways. Like you're spinning in a circle, but also you're always spinning your words, like spinning the the truth or whatever. Um, f- easily my favorite character, like the person that I love to watch the most, certainly, uh, certainly at season one and just incredibly entertaining. And you never quite know where he, where his loyalty lies, certainly in the beginning. And I think you, you start to learn his, his way as you go. Cause I think he does have a code and it's just it's so fascinating because I think you can tell after a while you kind of learn that he's kind of uh, just flying by the seat of his pants like and he's always trying and the way like Chip comes to him with the information the inside information and he's like okay I can work with this um, <laughs> uh-huh. just incredible to watch I think the the Alex and Bradley inception of their working relationship is really important Um you know, that Bradley was chosen by Alex in a way, even though she was really like found by by Corey and others. She's like elevated and chosen as an equal, at least in, in name by Alex. And I think that comes that becomes like an important uh, piece of history in their relationship because they will kind of throw that back at each other's faces and like to different degrees. And um, and, you know, the the show of, you know, the stuff with the with the sexual harassment and and sexual assault, like not always the most delicately handled as far as how the show portrayed it. Except when um, Martin Short's on the TV, then it's oof. perfectly. <laughs> very, very tricky to do, obviously. Uh-huh. Like it's very hard to to incorporate that kind of stuff and and have it not feel either manipulative or like it's um, a little bit mis mishandled and points the way they, the way other people speak about it, but also these are quote unquote real people. So there is the quality of like 
unfortunately people are imperfect and they just like talk about things insensitively sometimes but season one super fun and love the way it ended like what you said that big moment i will say also like alex and i love that steve carell and jennifer aniston were basically both playing against type a little bit like mitch mm -hmm. kessler being a little bit of a villain and alex not really being a villain but like way more cutthroat way more selfish than we have ever seen jennifer aniston play or so, and like obviously her uh her you know role is like well like, it's the most different well it's kind of like they their character this is who they would have become if their characters very much stayed in the season one of probably both of their most famous shows um mm. because rachel in season one is a little you know they all progress to be like sort yeah, of like yeah yeah right they, they grow and yeah. through the friendships right they became they become better but but steve carell in the office is an absolute nightmare in season one like he is an awful per and you can kind of i feel like there's a little bit of like that energy he's not quite as like awkward i think like mm -hmm. part of the way he got away with a lot of stuff is that he is like a charming news anchor um but it's kind of like yeah they're season one characters um never yeah, some never of this involved. stuff was like yeah not charming at all just like oh. very uncomfortable yes. and like disgusting but, creepo but purposefully so yeah um i totally agree with all of that i do love the alex bradley combo the way that alex often feels like bradley should be a little bit grateful for having gotten gotten her the job and bradley's also like this place is a bit of a nightmare and like it's not actually that much of a gift for you to have given me the <laughs> lead anchor of right and like show. you did this to me and yeah. like, i am just i love for better and for worse at all times just like alex in a way bradley is gonna do what she wants to do and gonna do what she thinks is right whether it's yeah. you know alex it's a little bit more like this is the right thing for me and bradley and this usually... is how you keep your job and how you be successful in morning news for like 15 yeah. years yeah. yeah 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 of course yeah alex was... is a pro yeah. she's yeah. a pro at keeping her job yeah. as we will see throughout yeah. the season yeah. well she doesn't, she doesn't show up for her job um mm -hmm. but um part of her charm I... I love that relationship. I agree about the Me Too stuff. I do think, I think recently Jennifer Anson, there was an article and, you know, I did read it and I feel like sometimes these headlines are overblown, but she says she's like over cancel culture. And I do feel like there is a little bit of that in the show of like Mitch Kessler's, we'll get to the season two stuff, but like, I don't know. I can understand from one hand wanting to be like, you know, how does this happen? How does someone, you know, and, and the way that people will turn a blind eye to some of Mitch's behavior in season one um, because of you can sort of like, you know, brush it off as like that sort of workplace culture at a time when um, that was more present and allowed for not great reasons, but, but it still was. And, and she was so close with him and had a, had a friendship with them. And it's especially prevalent in season two where like, I think, I don't know. I feel like the show does a lot of like, I'm not saying Mitch Cusser like gets to be absolved of any of the bad things he does and then cut to scenes where like they kind of absolve Mitch Cusser of a lot of what he did. What so, if we got him on yeah. the show? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, season two is really interesting in that we start at New Year's 2020 and basically cut to basically the final moment being Alex Levy um, having COVID and delivering the news from home and basically sort of leading up to that. Um, I've been joking um, uh, with a friend. We had him on the podcast, Matt Huff. He was on Post Recaps Theater. We did the Oscars thing. We keep going to movies where there's surprise gay people, um, where like, they, like it won't be advertised. And then like literally, I saw a movie where like halfway through, they were like, "Hey, guess what? This character's actually been a lesbian the whole time." Uh, it's like they'd be talking about her uh, partner Jack, and then Jack shows up and is a woman. And it's like, why did you, why did you do it that way? Anyway, Bradley Jackson being a surprise lesbian, I think one of my favorite parts of season two of the morning show.
her relationship yeah. with Laura. Yeah. And and there's there's an element to like season two. I remember like the reviews because season one, like it seemed like the the oh, I really enjoyed it. It seemed like the overall reception critically was like this is pretty good. Like some people liked it a lot. Some people liked it a little less, you know, talking about some of the things that you and I have already talked about Mm -hmm. here. Um, And then it seemed like season two was kind of universally med at, and I mean, meh was the reaction. Yeah. Um, And I, I didn't watch it for like a really long time. Uh, And I think part of it is like, they began filming February, 2020 season two. And then obviously very quickly they had to stop and they didn't start uh, again until October of that year. So the way that COVID prominently figures into the, into the story, I think to, to mixed results is, is kind of why, like clearly they rejiggered some of the season. They wrote in like all the COVID storyline stuff. And it kind of reminded me of like a show that I'm reminded of a lot for obvious reasons uh the hbo jesus jeff daniels uh show oh uh newsroom uh, that... like the evening news yeah the newsroom the news. um because their season two was like experimental they did this thing with like time the story's kind of told a little bit out of order mm-hmm. it's arguably their weakest season and i think uh this one because it's the season two and it's like the comp very much is there i just was reminded of that and like mm-hmm. i like the way that there is a time jump between seasons because we kind of aren't beholden to that like at the end of season one there's that big like they get cut off because they're revealing stuff about the ceo at the time and the company at large and they get cut off and then we come back and we have to readjust this is very gray's in a way gray's anatomy like they do this sometimes right. there's a time jump and now we have to like re get to know where the characters are at this point in time even though we have and know some of their history. And then obviously after season two, thankfully there's a time jump. Um, They're doing this really in season three, the first episode, there's a thing that there's kind of like a mystery in terms of like, what did we miss that we don't know yet that I actually think is like very clever in terms of using a time jump. I agree. I agree. Um, Yeah. Season two. So Bradley and Laura, Laura being like someone who used to work on um, the morning show got outed by the media. It seems to be one of my favorite scenes from season two is sort of her confronting Alex about it, but not confronting in like a mean way. It's like, they're like, kind of like coming to truths with who they were like 15 years ago. I really love that scene. And Alex is basically like, yeah, I definitely gossip about you. I thought it was a thing people gossiped about. Turns out, no, I basically outed you uh, to, to the news. Um, but she's kind of come back. She's sort of like, I feel like the classiest news anchor out there, uh, put by Julian Margulis. Um, and then it basically, Corey basically leaks the, that they're together while they're on air, which is awful. Um, while what is he trying to? He's trying to cover up um, something. He's trying to bury a news story. Is it Hannah's? He death? he he exchanges. Yeah. yeah, he basically exchange. And the messed up thing is, he goes to Corey. Goes to Bradley to get her advice because they have like a great relationship. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, if I could do something to keep Hannah's like name out of the news and like they were going to reveal all this like personal messed up information about her because her family is suing uh rightfully so uh because of everything that happened with Hannah in season one and, and mitch 
and like it's like i think it's a wrongful death suit and yeah, brad is, is like, like refusing to like to settle, accept the basically. money to accept yeah. the settlement yeah that uva yeah. is offering Which Corey wants to pay the full amount but then the amount is egregious and the board won't pay the money basically yeah and he exchanges that thing about about bradley and they like take pictures uh he he tells the the newspaper where to find bradley like where to take the pictures uh right with uh with laura and i do i do love that conversation between laura and and alex where yeah. they where they talk about the history it's great juliana margley's like somebody who i love i'm a huge fan of the good wife universe we're right. about to get our third spinoff or technically second spinoff third show in that universe there was the good wife the good fight and now God, I can't remember the name now. Good. Um, such a fan. Uh, yeah, it's good. They're, good isn't in the title. That's why I'm having trouble remembering. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a character's first name. It's Elsbeth. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of feel like Juliana Margulies and Greta Lee, who also I love. She was yes, in our, one of our favorite two. movies of the year this year. Uh, they both joined season two and they're both back for season three. And I kind of felt like certainly Greta Lee more so than Juliana Margulies was like a little bit underserved. I like completely Lee, I agree. Like didn't have much to do. I already love she everything gets the she stinger. has in season three. She gets a so stinger really at the end happy. of this two, these yeah, two episodes. At the end yeah. of uh, episode two of season three. So I'm much happier, but I just, that was like another knock on season two. It was like these two mm -hmm. people that I love, mm -hmm. like please give them more to do. Yeah. So then the the sort of other big thing here is like Alex is um, sort of dealing with Mitch. There's a book that's being written um, by this. I, I can't remember what her name is, but it's the perfect like, yeah, this woman is writing a book name. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Remember. Played deliciously by Marsha Gay Harden. I can't remember her name it's either. So good. Um, and so. Uh, Alex is really worried because she did sleep with Mitch. And so she's worried that this is going to come out. Um, Mitch has been living in Italy. He meets this woman who like is maybe who seemingly is not around in season three. I wasn't sure if we were going to get uh, more of Paolo. Um, and basically it culminates and Alex goes to visit um, Mitch. She flies to uh, Italy, breaking the quarantine uh, uh, rules, um, has this like night with him where she wants him to release a statement that she did not, they did not sleep together um, and sort of it ends fine, but then awkwardly and then um, uh, he dies. And I do think this is maybe one of the better episodes. I really, this is like sort of me um in terms of like some of the stuff I love that I don't ever realize. I talk about, I love sports, but I mostly love sports transactions. I mm -hmm. love the episode where like, they're trying to figure out whether or not Mitch has died, whether or not Alex was in the car or like where she is and like, yeah. whether or not when they can sort of like break the story. When they I, can lo break it. I loved that episode. This, I agree that yeah. that's a really good episode and probably the highlight of the second season. I think uh, it reminded me, obviously, again, of the newsroom and the way that like they are they are stand up journalists like they will not. Uh, and obviously, there's just like respectful human life. But like at the end of the day, they're not going to exploit this news for their own benefit. Without and it's being Mia who and has Mia, slept yes, with Mia Mitch. Has, has now been elevated to yeah. full right. executive producer of right. the show instead right. uh, in place of Chip. And she has the personal connection that she slept with. It was a consensual relationship. She slept with Mitch uh, before season one. So it's like really hard for her. And they're all concerned about like the fam. First, we need the two, 
you know, the two uh, separate confirmations and then the family has to be informed yeah. and just the the process of that and watching them all deal with that emotion it's like it was very very effective for sure yeah um but then alex gets covid and basically delivers like this like inspiring monologue about humanity at the end of the season and that's season two i yeah. did just enjoy the 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 aspect of like you know i whatever covid storylines diminishing returns for a lot of people your mileage may vary but I just liked the element of the ticking time bomb as far as me too. like, oh, yeah. crap, he's in Italy. <laughs> like, yeah. is he going to yeah. die of COVID? Like the fact that he didn't die of COVID, I think, is actually I one know. of the big surprises. I know. Because you just kind of assume that he's going to get it. Yeah. Um, and then he just dies in a car crash and he kind of doesn't. That was very, oh, my God, that was very Meredith from Grey's Anatomy. Like, yeah. I'm not killing myself, but I'm not going to, like, save myself. He, he puts his hands <laughs> up in the air. Anyway. All right. That's season two. Let's talk about season three because it's the first episode is a premiere so the carmen line and ghost in the machine uh let me give a quick plot recap and then we'll just talk about the headlines so as we flash forward a year alex hosts the morning show but also hosts alex unfiltered on uba plus meanwhile bradley is doing the evening news Corey has arranged for alex to board a hyperion rocket a spaceship owned by paul marks a billionaire who wants to acquire uba and Corey is more than happy to hear him out Meanwhile, Bradley is trying to run a story on abortion access in Texas, but her source Luna gets arrested and she decides to head to Texas. However, Alex and Bradley end up swapping places. Alex is already close to the border, so she's going to head to do the abortion story. And uh, she especially wants to dip when she learns that Paul wants to buy UBA and Alex ditches the space launch. Bradley gets tagged to go to space instead. This is the third TV show this year, Ariel, where uh, people have gone to space uh, that I have watched. And one of them with the title of the episode was this person literally goes to space. Um, people love space. Everyone <laughs> except Dr. Amanda. Like that's just that's right. That's, that's right. how it goes. That's right. Um, Sybil is not happy that Alex is boycotted the launch and neither is Stella. Her punishment hosting the morning show five days a week. Um, while on air, UBA is hacked. The hackers want $50 million. So they release everything they have. Corey tries to convince the board to pay the fee, mostly seemingly to save a video of Bradley sending a salacious video to Laura from being leaked, but the board does not agree. Meanwhile, the secret past and uh, secret past and future relationships fill the office. Chip and Isabella, uh, Alex's assistant, or I guess director of development, have a hiding their year-long relationship. Get it right. While Stella has photos on her phone with Paul Marks. Um, that's basically the episode. Um, yeah, what's the headline? Then, what's the main headline? And then, uh, and then Corey calls his guy. I love his guy. Oh, love yeah. Guy. The fixer. Corey Apparently, he's called guy. Earl the Fixer. It's his oh, fixer. Yeah. He's like, yeah. work oh, yeah. up a document about the merger, about this potential merger with. Uh, with uh the billion the billionaire guy and leak it so it's like yeah. so smart because they can hide behind the the uh the hacking um headlines i mean speaking of Corey, there's a part of me that at some point i was like wait did he do this like in the sense we already talked about what he was capable no, of russia did it with, russia did it <laughs> capable of <laughs> of uh doing something like this the way he like traded you know bradley's uh relationship with laura for for hannah arguably for like good reason there but and I, I think ultimately the the show is telling us that he didn't do it but there was a moment there where where he, especially when he calls um when he calls john ham's character like trying to find out if he did it i'm like yeah this is so interesting this like game of cat and mouse and because Corey keeps everything so close to the vest like there's no way to know like if he did or not but i'm pretty sure he didn't we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I thought the choice to have these two episodes be released um, back-to-back makes sense. The trailer hyped up this, uh, the scene where they basically get hacked. Um, and sort of there's two things here. And I actually think this is a really smart way to create a lot of tension in the, the morning show world and UBA at large, which is which is basically any information that was secret could now be public um, because you can see the world where it both, you can sort of, yeah, some things might come to light and you can create that tension or some things can be secret, but people are worried that they're going to be leaked. Yes. And then I think- see how they react and potentially like it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy thing where like it's leaked because they are trying so right. hard for it to not be. Well, there's a very funny scene where Yanko goes. We haven't really talked about Yanko. He gets this like a love relationship story. <laughs> Long in live one. Yanko, Richard from Lost, Richard Alpert. Uh, love him. He gets this uh, slight story in season two, I believe, where he talks about his spirit animal and he gets canceled and he wants he's been forced to apologize. I do love Yanko and Stella may be underrated, very fun pair together um, oh. when she's like, you know, in a perfect world, you would have learned from your mistake and then you apologize. And he's like, yeah, but I don't think I did anything wrong. <laughs> he gets he gets suspended, I believe, because um, he, this, he season, fight, this season he's not man. even a weatherman. He's like, no, one he's of the full leads. anchor. Yeah. Yeah. 
um yeah very funny has this like romantic interest storyline in season one that's basically like oh my god we're dating but now there's like mitch kessler and they have to go to hr and whatever and then she she leaves the show but um a yanko goes to stella and is like here are all the things i said about you and <laughs> i called you a, a cbs and he says it's child bride of satan and she says does the c really stand for child um which was great i love and, she, and he says yeah. no and then she no. says i appreciate your candor and walks away <laughs> It's very good. So yes, okay, I like. Most importantly, yes. she smiles yes. without him seeing. She smiles. Yes. So like, I love that she's. Yes. That she doesn't care. Like she couldn't yeah. care any less. It's great. Yeah. So th I mean, the two big things here, obviously. So episode one is seemingly like it's it's the the takeover of uh, Paul wanting to buy. UBA, Corey trying to facilitate this uh, without seemingly letting the rest of the board know. And then classic, um, classic Corey yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then episode two being the hack, which I feel like now the way that Corey wants to leak the, the merger deal through the through the hack uh, with or like or through the cover of the hack, I feel mm -hmm. like it's really smart in terms of like basically spend two episodes up front and release them both. Like I, I think if we were they both feel prominent in terms of like these, these are the stories of season uh, three, I think in a way that I thought was really um, quite effective and I'm really enjoying. I like both of them. Um, I think they're both quite interesting. Um, I'm a little worried about how the show handles like Bradley having basically a sex tape um, uh, uh, leaked, but um, our private information. But for the most part, I did think this was a really effective way to sort of launch us into season three spent one episode on one big story um another on this secondary piece from her that kind of complicates everything and really has me interested in where they go i think all this information being spread out amongst uba in the morning show i think creates a really interesting landscape for the rest of season three yeah i absolutely agree i think season uh episode two i agree that both episodes together work really well as like a premiere block and i think season or episode two I enjoy it even more. Like the thing you said about the trailer is absolutely right. They use so much of it in the trailer in a way that I'm really excited about because that means that there's potentially a lot of stuff that we haven't seen in the trailer and that leaves mm -hmm. the entire rest of the season, like for the most part, very open. Um, I love uh, the Corey again, Corey, even like as amazing as Billy Crudup is, like there were moments in season two where I just felt like I didn't, really have a handle on what his character wanted what his character was like working towards it's always fun to watch him his performance the way he is so articulate and like fun and like zany and like some of his some of his uh some of his word choices and the way he expresses himself but this season already like full view even if we don't know all of his motivations we understand him the way he helps the way he's like trying so desperately to 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 have that sex tape not well he doesn't say the sex tape at the board meeting but like have uh all the personal information of everyone not leaked feels so right like at the end mm -hmm. of season two he told bradley that he loved her and i think there has been a two-year time jump there's like this weird flashback very very brief that we get when bradley and Corey are talking and she's like Do you we get one and one we get one in each episode i i think we're getting these like flashes of basically like bradley remembering something that has happened something between that seems hard like either bloody or dirty like something like a dirty or bloody hand like at a sink washing something off like is there 
we don't know what that means. Like, I think in the most like salacious version of it, like she killed someone, but I really, really don't think like the show would go there. The only I people think, I think, think the, that it would be on the board for me in terms of who she's killed is she, uh, her, her brother is a little bit of an, uh, a, a nightmare. And there's that whole thing in season two where his, her brother comes and I could see like, if he's, um a crime of passion relapsed or, again yeah, yeah. and then and then something happens or her mom who we know is like kind of awful if like Ooh, that also yeah, is yeah, yeah, where yeah. like her mom is being abusive and she fights back and but she you know because those know, are the only really... people that we've seen her like really react um yeah in a way you know realistically in a way that like you can't always control your emotions and family is always like super super triggering um, so I think that's something certainly to look to, uh, keep track of like what this secret is, because before the flashback, you could think like, you're like, well, he, she can't be talking about the fact that he said that he loved you because that was just in person. And yeah. like, they arguably probably weren't listening yet at that well, point. I, that yeah. Um, so like clearly there was something that happened and I think it's really interesting the way they're deploying it of like, they're not telling Same. us, but the characters know. And there's an element of like, I'm sure he wants to protect himself because he if he knew about it and people find out that he knew about it, whatever it was, he's complicit. But also he whether or not she she clearly cares about him. But like his I love you, I think just came as like, a, this is how I feel about you. And I'm going to always be on your side ultimately. So I think there is a there are these two things at play of like his emotional side and his human side working with his very developed and known uh corporate you know uh brain and and uh mechanisms that he has in place to like he really tries everything to get sybil to agree and the board and then once she once sybil mentions the the russian money thing it's like everyone he sits yeah. down everyone's like no i can't do this a very fun cameo from stephen fry one of my favorite uh actors uh just yeah and in I, the world yeah i can't believe that they're only gonna have you don't no, cast no stephen way. fry just for that one scene the board. I, I feel like Sybil is almost more present this season than she even normally is. I think she's in both episodes and is very involved in a way that, especially yeah. with the takeover, I feel like um, they potentially, I, I don't think she's bumped up in the cast, but I just feel like she'll be more. Um, yeah, she'll, she'll be, be around, more present. around more. What'd you make of Paul Marks? Uh, what'd you make of John Hamm's appearance uh, here as Paul Marks, the eccentric billionaire? I love John Elon Hamm. Marks. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I, did not, uh -huh. I did not make that condition. Uh, I love John Hamm, of course. Uh -huh. I I prefer him in the... I think he's a very great comedic actor. Yeah. I just prefer him doing drama for the most part. And I think this is this is a fun thing for him to do in his wheelhouse. He gets to like be a jerk, which he's very good at. He gets to be like interested seemingly like there was a little bit at least in episode one like with him and alex like a little bit of a she's like oh he's tall uh yeah mm -hmm. so you know that may be going somewhere but, but i think then he a is fun, very mad. A fun introduction yeah. he what he's very mad at her for not going on yes he is very mad at her. he feel, it was like a date that they had up in yeah. space and then yeah. he he got stood up um i think that'll be really interesting to to monitor going forward their relationship or lack thereof and his thing with Mitch, or excuse me, his thing with uh, Corey, excuse me, of like trying to get trying to get this deal put through of the of of the sale of UBA to him. 
and like him being interested and like a little bit of this cat and mouse game of like are we in are we out how are we gonna make this happen and then of course obviously culminating like we said in him wanting to leak this information uh i'm excited to have, have john ham for sure the rest of the season i really hope that he gets scenes to like sink his teeth into and like do use some of these incredible acting chops that we know he has yeah i totally agree i feel like lately and i don't mean to like say that he's been typecast but he basically plays two things we saw him in top gun he's he's mad mad man uh uh angry man yeah not mad hatter well mad man that was my joke oh you see i deconstructed it but that's okay um yeah but like angry angry dude is one thing and then the other one is like complete himbo um and in good omens he actually got to play both which was a treat but um these are the two things he does i do enjoy the himbo but i feel like it doesn't fit here so yeah let him play uh angry and and the other thing too is i I think with removing mitch off the board and, and like i said i do feel like i don't think they tried to redeem mitch but they tried to try to be like there's some shades of gray in there with all people you know i don't know if that's exactly where they're going to go with this Paul character. But I I do feel like with Mitch off the board, not that this show, the show is so reliant on interpersonal conflict. Like it seemingly everybody always goes back and forth between like absolutely being so mad at each other um, to, to then like, you know, Oh my gosh, we have to work together. So we'll be civil. There's like the scene in season two when Chip picks up Alex from the airport and he's left a voicemail and they're like reuniting because like, (laughs) She's Mitch has died and like, uh-huh. like they didn't know where she was and they're like hugging and then she checks her voicemail on the way home and they get into this absolute screaming match which I, I did really enjoy so the show is really based off like anybody can sort of be a conflict with anybody because of the world that they live in but I, I do think it's kind of fun that potentially John Hamm is here to play sort of super villain of season three I think in terms of sort of looming over everything when he's he's calling Corey to be like why don't you just get them to pay? Why don't you just pay less of a ransom? <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? He's like, you can make a deal. Why don't you make a deal? He's like, you can um, do that. He's like, we can we can haggle with these like hacker terrorists. Uh huh. It's very funny. So I I think that could be really fun. I I yeah. I do want to see maybe a bit more than what we've been getting so far. We saw. I mean, he did get to go to space. Um, but he's very mad at Alex. So I think that that could be um interesting. Um. I feel like one of the other headlines here is, and the way that the show often revolves is um, this place is so toxic that often people want to quit it, but they're set, it's set in the morning show. So people have to work at the morning show. So they often have to come back. So I like that they, they basically are like, here's where everybody is like two years later. Um, I guess Bradley is not on the morning show. They did figure out a way to get her to come back where she gets interviewed about the space thing. Um, but basically Alex's punishment for having left the space launch is that she has to be on the morning show <laughs> every, mm-hmm. every day. Just the constant, like people don't show up for work. People go to Italy for weeks. Like uh, there's a lot of like, I feel like none of these people would actually be able to hold their jobs. They would all be fired. I think so much sooner than the show um, makes yeah. it out to be. Yeah. There is a little bit of like a a slightly exaggerated quality to that of like, sure. but in some way that that reads, if not realistic, at least uh, yeah, sensical. Maybe, that maybe like this rich, happens, and I don't. People know. with power, yeah. right? That rich people yeah. with power, are like you know, the rules don't necessarily like apply to me in the in the same way. Like the the best example of this thing of like people like not <laughs> in the second episode. Like, this is probably. <laughs> whatever I, I don't want to, it was one of my hardest laughs when uh the show gets hacked 
and yes. they can't do anything. And there's yes. just like one guy who works in the control room. Uh -huh. And he's like, whatever, call me if we're going to do the show. In the yeah, morning. that's right. He just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very funny. So, so funny. I love, I mean, you, you talked about just now about like Stella and uh, Alex, like Alex having to do the show. I love yeah. the the conflicts that come about and like people's re how relationships change and don't always go the way you think they're gonna go or more importantly the way you want them to go which i think is a good sign right like if you're invested yeah. enough in two characters that you want them to get along then when they don't get along you're gonna feel something and even if it's like oh it's frustrating you you know you're still engaged and stella you know the example that you had of like alex and and core and uh and chip is so funny because there are a lot of times even with Alex and Bradley where you think, oh, they're finally along the way. They're finally going to get together. And then something happens and you're like, oh, why are they well, mad at each other? It's literally the end of this episode is her going over and be like, why didn't you tell me about the tape is being leaked? I can do yeah. I'm like the queen of PR management. She goes. But often every time like Bradley goes over to uh, Alex or Alex goes over to Bradley's for dinner, they like it starts civil. And then something comes up that like yeah. completely blows it up and even leave, even so. here alex walks into the apartment and and to her credit like she means she means it genuinely seemingly yes. right? like she brings over the wine she's like i'm so sorry i didn't know yeah like yes there's a way in which she didn't have to know to want to help but whatever this is serious this is more serious than you were presenting it and alex walks in the door and bradley like rolls her eyes yeah. behind alex's yeah. back it's yeah so good. yeah um yeah i mean um yeah, I mean, but I feel like so this is really Bradley's big thing is this like tape. There's a we get a little bit of an info dump about what happened. Bradley's receiving this award for her coverage of the January 6th insurrection, which I am actually very glad we skipped over this we time period because I was <laughs> absolutely waiting for us to be uh, like, it's January 4th, <laughs> you no, know? But no, no, anyway, no. I love yeah. to, to a point you made much earlier. I love this like historical uh push pin yeah. or these historical yeah. push pins that they have along the way again it feels very newsroom but in a very effective way of like they're going to present you a different not a different version of events but a different set of people that you don't know that we're also dealing with this real life event that you either have an emotional connection to or just witnessed on the news or whatever and then throw in like fictional flourishes it's historical fiction it's like yeah. it feels effective because of because of these things that really happen in real life and the skipping over it the skipping two years allows them to just gloss over it but i do love this idea of like bradley was there well, like, maybe, bradley killed that mike, day, maybe she killed mike pence that's what we're gonna learn yeah. <laughs> and she got like some of the most consequential yeah. images of that yeah the time. story of like she was separated from her crew and she could only film with her phone i can right. imagine like they would to your point i'm glad we didn't see it but also the fact that we're talking about it is like your mind can fill in the blanks yeah. and you yeah. can imagine how that went for her yeah. uh and how harrowing it would have been obviously but just like as a as a footnote very entertaining yeah so she was spending time with laura in montana i believe laura owns a ranch or something and that's where she's mm -hmm. like bradley yeah was we got in season from. two they mentioned it like when COVID hit she's like i'm gonna go to my ranch in montana yeah you can come if you want and we didn't really know what happened and even still yeah. we're getting like barely some details and again i love this the laura and bradley dynamic is always really interesting because you get the yeah. sense that laura really cares about her but also laura is very impatient with bradley's uh childishness at times impulsiveness yeah yes. and here they are very much not on the same page as to like what happened and why bradley left and who listen fault. 
it quote unquote was. Bradley's a baby gay. This happens. <laughs> this happens. You know? You can't. Yeah, that it was very much the thing of season two. It's like this is this is what you have to deal with yeah. as and Laura as the more experienced yeah. queer person. I, I agree. That dynamic is very uh very known. The combo is something she's like, I'm sorry, like I'm you know you know oh you know yeah you were so much more than the the morning news he's like you do the morning news and then there's this comment about <clears throat> laura wanting bradley to have to have left um which i feel like does fit with the like yeah um not necessarily having patience for sometimes yeah. bradley jackson which i think i think works so um yeah and then the potential leak of this video that bradley sent laura um i really liked uh laura's response to um i thought this was a, a way that the show handled it well which is like you don't have to be rational about this you were basically um like this is bad that it happened and it sucks yeah, that it's basically were, going to happen. violated she's yeah you don't have to be like rational about yeah. that, which I, I I really I really thought was like a great response from Laura. She so. is so clearly like an uh not just older in age, but like a more experienced person who has been through therapy and has gone through like a lot of yeah. things and is always saying not always, but a lot of times in moments like these, always saying like the very real helpful and caring thing like in season two that whole storyline with bradley and her brother and and uh laura being like i know you love your brother but you you have to figure out your boundaries whether it means you cut off contact completely or you have to have a more measured way of communicating with them but you cannot go on like this and it's like yeah it's absolutely true she ultimately doesn't really take Laura's advice, though. She ultimately takes, like, Alex's advice, which is, like, you clearly want to go help your brother. Go find your brother, you know? Yeah, um, because she thing. can't help herself. And, like, she's yeah. she's magnetically attracted, not in the same way, obviously, as Laura, yeah. but she's, like, yeah. magnetically attracted personality-wise to Alex. And, like, they can't help but stay in each other's orbits. Ah, there's yeah. a space. Oh. Nice. Uh, did the space stuff work for you? I felt like I'm glad uh, to that point. Like, I'm so glad that season that episode two came along with it because yeah. I was kind of very happy to move past the space. Yeah. The feed cut. And like, we're so worried. Like the contact, yeah. it was like contact had a baby with, yeah. I don't know, like yeah. morning show and Grey's Anatomy. Like if Grey's Anatomy ever goes to space, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it will probably yeah. look way yeah. shittier than this, but yeah, uh, yeah it looks great, but make, make some of the, same note yeah. have some of the same notes do you know what um we get i believe her name is christine she is an olympic um medalist who has joined as a one of the sort of slew of other anchors i love when they go to her and they're like can you go into space she's like yeah absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> she's like wait so how long has alex been training for yeah. and you want me to go in like four hours so good absolutely not i i love stella i love sleepy stella when mia goes to wake her up at this point where she's like we lost alex which yeah i just love the running joke of we don't know where alex is like throughout the seasons in <laughs> italy is she going to the border where is she um, and mia's yeah. like mia knows but i love the yeah. when mia goes to wake stella up and she's like what like what's happening and she's yeah. like so bleary-eyed i love greta lee she's so funny i well, yeah, we can. We talked about Paul earlier, but she has these photos on her phone with with Paul. Um, I don't think there's much here. I love that she gets the stinger. It's her like the you know the close up of her face on the elevator, and she's like, "Uh oh, I'm in trouble. This is probably going this. I don't know whether it will leak or not, but just I have this secret relationship." 
that it was fun. I if we get we get we're gonna get Greta Lee and John Hamm some scenes together. This is great. Certainly, yeah. Like I don't get the sense that they because she was they were both younger. They looked a little different. In They're the so picture. happy that Greta Lee took a photo with John Hamm. Like yeah, <laughs> they were like at red random place. Yeah, or it was it was CGI, but it looked it looked really real. Um, I think that. Again, I love that she's getting more to do this season. I think it's so interesting to watch her. What was missing last season for her was like, we had seen Corey be Corey all of season one, right? And he yeah. was the, the president of news. Now she's the president of news and she's younger and she's supposed to bring a different energy, which she does have. But we're so busy still focusing on Corey as as the CEO, like the yeah. the the camera sh the camera shot has to get a little wider to fit everyone in so to speak yeah but i still want her to have her moments and here we're getting her to be we're getting to see her be her version of Corey. the yeah. way she witnesses sybil and Corey's conversation and that's how she finds out about the about the marks thing and then she uses that to talk to Corey to be like um he's really tricky like you should i come from that tech world right she was like a 33 year old like yeah. startup founder or whatever and that's how part of how she got this job and she's like trying to get in Corey's ear a little bit like he's tricky feel free to use me like i know him and then of course like you said we get that stinger of like it's not just that she knows him and distrusts him it's that they were in a relationship and who knows yeah how volatile if at all that was and like it's I love that note. I kind of hope between the between the, the sex tape and this, I think a little bit to your point, the show would be better served to not have certain things leak in public and just right. be able to use them in a dramatic fashion and have the right. characters like either not be able to contain themselves or like just react to the fact that it could leak, I think is much more compelling. I would agree, especially this. There's no, there's no indication, maybe that even Stella and Paul have been in communication, right? Um, so it's no, more that there's like all, yeah, all the more reason why she's scared because I right. think it's like we knew each other then, and like who right. knows? And right. you know, is she going to reach out? To your point, is she now going to reach out to him? It, you know, right. does she feel compelled to like try to help? We do feel a hundred percent. I think that she is loyal to um, to Corey. But as we saw Corey do when he had her job, sometimes there'll be a moment where she might have to act in the interest of either herself or the company against Corey. And I think that's all that's all fascinating. Um, the moment when it the, their phones replay the thing that Stella just said. <laughs> you know what I mean? Incredible. <laughs> they have all our data. They have all our data. It's like, all oh our data. Give me your phones. Give me all your um, phones. <laughs> yeah. um, the thing I think that's really smart about creating a link between Stella and Paul is that I do feel like one of the things that was hard for them to figure out last season was basically everybody except for Bradley, who has this very like prominent role in the show in terms of how she enters this world. Mm. Basically Stella didn't really get, it's like, yeah, she got hired. She's here. And now she's here and she's like, kind of like playing off everybody, but everybody has all these relationships that are feel so baked and like mm -hmm. from stuff before the show or just like the way that we saw in season one, I feel like they didn't do a great job of like integrating her. And she kind of just ended up for the most part, I feel like in season two ended up being like, 
oh if we need if we need like the network or like uba to say no stella can just say no right mm -hmm. like she's just like there i felt like as like a plot device where i feel like the addition Absolutely. of like her connection to paul i think makes her as a character feel much richer and then like now it creates this really interesting thing as Corey's trying to work with paul Alex doesn't want that to happen. She's involved. I think that that's a really smart choice. I feel like this is a show that is very stars and scrubs uh, to a degree. And I, I, I don't want, I don't mean to call everybody else a scrub, but like it's, there's like really like Alex Bradley, Corey. Yeah. And then, and then kind of like a tear down, you have chip and like Mia mm -hmm. and then like everybody else. Um, and then chips new girlfriend question that is mark the alex daughter of, of mimi letter who is the director of oh, these first two episodes. The direct, okay uh, charlotte sense. stout okay. wrote this yeah one she's been around time. for a while she was always um alex's assistant as no one as no one will let her forget that's right uh director of development um this is fine i feel like they're trying to find something for chip he sort of had a very funny in season two i think he's dating his actual wife uh, who is also in the league with him uh shows up at the office and then like he quits um the perfect job and life he has to go back to uba and eventually that relationship falls apart i feel yeah, like i mean i feel like we know and we didn't see that and i think that kind of not that we need yeah. it to but i think it yeah. just makes sense and in, in, the, in the sense that like this show at different times functions as like this addictive black hole that people cannot yeah. escape yes. and even when it messes up their life which it does a lot yes uh it's what they have and a lot yeah. of times it's just what for some of the characters at different points, it's all they have. Yeah. Um, so I feel like everybody else not getting a ton. Mia seemingly is dating this guy. I was going to uh, say she has this very attractive contact in Ukraine, okay. question mark. Like yeah. he's, she asked him not to say where he is. Yeah, that's so funny. I love. OK, I've uh, th that one where she's like, where are you? Wait, don't say it. Also, Corey's assistant being like, uh, Corey, you got to no, stop this meeting. You have to check your computer. And then Corey opens this computer and it's the video of Bradley. That's bad form on the assistant. Just don't make him watch the video of Bradley. <laughs> Why did you do that? Just say there's a video. Now he's making it worse. Yeah, you may, you now have implicated Corey that he's watched the video. This is so bad. Anyway, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, but me. But I will say the fact that he's yeah. still around, that assistant, like, like bodes that. well for him. He has a name, but I can't remember, but I'll keep an eye out for when Corey yells it from the other room. Um, all right. He does yell a lot. I think that's, that's basically it, but I feel like we should, we have a couple segments idea. This is the morning show. So we have to like, you know, we have to like, you know, have these little segments. And I feel like the first one, Ariel, it should be the Ariel view. Um, yes. And uh, this is an opportunity for you, but also me. Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> each other. You, but more importantly, me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to highlight something from the episode that we have not yet talked about. Uh, we'll zoom in. It's the aerial view. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's got to be when Stella reveals that she dated Blake Griffin. Uh, oh, very to, good. To Corey. <laughs> she, Corey's which, response. Which she so intelligently is like fishing kind of for yeah. uh, after she has found out that that uh, that he's basically in bed with with uh john ham's character she's like so some things might come out very uh uh yeah uh what's his name Jakob yanto um oh, yanko yeah yeah mm -hmm. i was close yeah very yanko of her to be like some things might come out i was dating big different and Corey's like i didn't think he was your type and she's like he wasn't <laughs> so funny. that's so good that's a great line 
um no that's my joke answer uh i'm trying to think of what i mean this can be joking i mean yeah so uh... that's true well yeah. you go and then I'll, if i have a real one well i actually i went too soon i feel like the fact that the assistant makes Corey watch the video was like the thing i was like that's so bad <laughs> that's what like are you doing our nightmare aerial view of like what not to do yeah um i mean the real aerial view of the first two episodes is like the view that they get from this space. True. that's yeah that's like the real um the real but if i'm looking if i'm yeah. looking at the, if i'm looking at the chessboard i think for sure the thing the big thing is as usual like Corey is the a big part of the forward momentum of the show as he is for a lot of the series overall and i think just monitoring him as far as it does seem like my my literally i had it for three seconds my half-baked theory that he was behind the hack is pretty much proven to not be true but like how he is manipulating it and continues to manipulate it and you think how paul is do you think paul's behind it <sighs> based on their phone conversation i came down on the side of no yeah so i think i would kind of prefer it to kind of go away like in one sense it's like chekhov's hack like there has to be something that comes out of it but i think that more importantly with the with his kind of his his loyalty in season one was so focused and so easy for him to keep track of his loyalty now is so splintered between like what he wants and the people he cares about namely bradley and what he thinks is right and wrong like i think he has a little bit more of a of a um of a of a barometer of right versus wrong in light of everything that happened with hannah and i think watching him move forward with all of that is is going to be really interesting because everything that he does affects every other character yeah i could see uh bored out i feel like stephen fry being in there like Corey trying to schmooze stephen fry into like oh, stephen fry did the hack stephen fry did the hack yeah he fried the servers <laughs> um uh you know what other scene i really liked was uh when the, when they actually get hacked and the lights go out and like chip has to be like is it a, this feels like a shooter situation with the doors being locked we can't be on tv if there's a shooter like we have to and they're like the comms are down we can't like speak to them i did like it's the tension of that scary, scene yeah. of like figuring out what to do i thought yeah. in the same way that like the mitch kessler trying to break that news i thought was like interesting look into like yeah this is probably how it would go if this happened here yeah. yeah, and we get to see Alex like console um the other the gold medalist anchor. I can't remember her name. I think now. her name is Christine, I think. Christine and like how how genuine that is of like just like a human moment. Full oh no, I'll say this. I have a thing to say, but I'm definitely saving that for for our next segment. All right. Well, first of all, for if you have uh if if you are musically inclined and can create intro music for the aerial view and then our next segment which is the leaderboard uh please do so please send those in uh grace at poster recaps.com um the leaderboard let's give some mvp points out we'll give some points. i am we'll so ready on the with lvp but we can do I both can, yeah we'll do, do both I well I, you know who i'm giving lvp points to i'm giving it to to bradley and chip for getting on that elevator that was like the <laughs> stupidest thing i have ever seen on tv in like the last two years there's the line immediately afterwards where they're like hey uh cory wants to see you and and uh who is it uh chip goes yeah take the stairs take the stairs yeah. <laughs> 
Alex is like, where were you guys? We were stuck on the elevator. Like, what was that even for? Anyway, whatever. Um, I probably give my LVP point to Corey's assistant, but also a chip. Chip does make a really bad uh, diabetes joke, which is a pet peeve of mine. He's like, oh, if I, you know, um, uh, if I don't take, uh, if I stop eating, if I don't stop eating these donuts, I'm going to have to take more insulin or something. Maybe he has diabetes. I don't know, but that was really bad. Um, I don't like that. You know who I was very excited to see um, hanging out only in episode one is Tignataro as Amanda, uh, uh, Paul's assistant. Yes. Um, there's just a moment where uh, I believe like Paul and, um alex go with like uh go away and it's mm-hmm. just chip and and tignataro and i was like oh i want to see that scene. standing like, there yeah, yeah that would have been i yeah. in my mind there's like you know that that was on the Awkward. cutting room floor they lost yeah. that uh yeah. but similarly to to stephen fry you don't cast tignataro just to power say the line oh yeah. she's whatever you know talking about alex like that's i hope at least that there's that there's more of that to come. I don't know who I want to give my MVP point to. I don't know who I want to give points on the leaderboard to. I feel like I'm tempted to give Laura a point yeah. for, being, for saying the right things to Bradley, but that seems kind of boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> very nice, a, very sweet. Yeah. Honorable mention, at least. Um, Corey but... leaking the news is, is if you're kind of looking for the opposite of like good move, but not maybe mm-hmm. like the morally correct. Um, I feel like I could give it to Corey for the end of episode two, the leak. Also, Stella hiding the fact that she's been with Paul. I kind of, I'm kind of delighted by that. And, and the look she, and the way she like makes Yanko suffer, I think is very, yeah, funny as well. I think it's, I'm such a. I was already leaning this way, and then have you say I'm I'm such a Greta Lee stan that I think I just have to give my point yeah. to her, like sh- have her actually do stuff and be good and be entertaining and have like juicy storylines is so refreshing and lovely. The Yanko thing is hilarious, and now like her shifting loyalty, perhaps question mark. Yeah. Um, and watching her interact with everybody is always is always a riot. So. All right, just to be different, I'll give mine to I'll give mine to Corey. Um, and who'd you give your LVP to? Uh, Bradley and Bradley uh, and Chip. For getting and Chip. I'm gonna give mine to Corey's assistant for making him watch the Bradley video. Um, <laughs> all right, talk about it. The more I'm like, wow, that's pretty bad. It's real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> Don't make him watch it. It's bad. You're violating Bradley's uh, privacy. Anyway, we'll be back next week with episode three. Um, very fun. Make sure um, we're recording these uh, early so they'll come out on the day that they come out. But if you have feedback, uh, we can get to it the next week. If you want to send an M- MVP, LVP points, we can certainly add those to the leaderboard as as well. Um, we'll just do them a week later. Um, but uh, yeah, in the meantime, Ariel, what else you got going on? And where can people find you? Excited about this journey. Ten episodes. We're... Yeah. But only nine weeks. But only nine weeks. It's crazy. It's crazy the way math works. Um, I am on the artist formerly known as Twitter at that other Ariel. I'm covering movies with you, Grace, every week. Push recaps theater. Uh, covering uh, some some like time travel movies on the uh, on our uh, Travelers Watch. You, me, and DM Philly. And also covering Sex Education, another returning show. Mm. Uh, on Netflix, covering that with Jess and Adam H. Uh, that is also that's up this week as we like covering seasons one through three in anticipation of the final season, season four coming out next week. 
So fun. Uh, I'm covering Winning Time with Jason Reed. We wrapped up. Lots of shows wrapped up recently. What we do in the shadows wrapped up. Foundation and Heels are on the verge of wrapping up. Wrapping up. Um, the After Party Ariel wrapped up uh, last week. So coverage of those. You can catch those if you finish those seasons. And yeah, if you mentioned everything else I'm doing. So we will be back next week covering episode three of season three. Um, but until next time, have a good morning. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.